Hey everybody, Jambalaya Jake here with your uh, daily dose of uh, Cronoso. We are still uh, with the Wrestling Classic and I'll be covering the um, the hottest match of 1985. Uh, well, at least the hottest pairing of 1985. And that is going to be Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Hogan obviously still the champion. This is a uh, non-tournament match on the show. So this is not affiliated with the uh, show-long tournament that the show is based around. But of course, they had to throw this on here because... You know, obviously, this is the um, the the top few that they run throughout '85. Obviously, uh, you get a Hogan promo before, as you'd expect. He's hyped and says that he's happy that the whole world gets to see this. So um, he's very optimistic about the buy rate of the wrestling classic here in uh, 1985. But it's a pretty standard Hogan promo. He doesn't give anything too interesting. Like there weren't any. Um, how Hogan will throw in some strange lines sometimes that are kind of memorable. He didn't really do much of that. It was just kind of, you know, everybody gets to see this. I'm taking Piper down, yada, yada, yada. So we, um, after that, we, uh, we head to the ring. Piper gets, gets the full entrance with the bagpipes that is so fantastic in 85. The energy is off the charts because of course, because it is Piper Hogan in 85. Um, one of the greatest feuds in WWE history. Uh, Monsoon says that Hogan is, uh, charismatic. Charismatic, uh, something I'm assuming he's saying charismatic, but that is not the word that he chose to use there. Um, we love you, Monsoon. But uh, it's a lot of Piper stooging around for Hogan, uh, as you would probably expect. It's great. He's like com- convulsing as Hogan slamming on the mat. And it's a lot of Piper just constantly trying to use some kind of heel tactic to, uh, you know, some nefarious means. They get dumped out of the ring at one point. Um, so you get a, lot, a little bit of out of the ring brawling happening. He finally does, um, the crowd, I should say too, is just deafening. When Hogan is slamming Piper around um, and he's stooging around, the crowd is just off the charts electric. Um, really awesome stuff. And the, the the crowd sort is the MVP of this. I mean, the, the energy is just off the charts and actually like adds to this match more than really what they're actually doing in the ring. It just... It, it certainly um, makes the match better than it is in a vacuum, no doubt. But he, Piper finally gets like an eye poke, which slows down Hogan a bit. He jumps on his back and uh, hits the sleeper. So this is the only real trouble we've seen Hogan in throughout in the early going of this match or throughout the match. Um, finally, Hogan's able to, they do the, the good old fashioned, uh, the raising the hand three times. Hogan gets up on the third one, but they do do a cool, I like the way they get out of it. Cause rather than just Hogan powering out of it, he kind of backs up and they kind of tumble outside of the ring, which I thought was a pretty cool spot. Probably my favorite spot of the entire match. And, um, uh, so they, they brawl around for a little bit more. The ref ends up getting bumped and this is where Piper gets desperate. He goes for the chair and he's going to slam it down on Hogan's throat. Hogan, of course, gets the hand up at the last moment to power to get the chair and push it um, away from him. And I have to say that was probably the pop of the night. Uh, not the night necessarily, but the match, I should say. Who knows? Maybe the pop of the night if we would go through the whole wrestling classic. But uh, I guess we'd have to come together as a Cronoso group and decide that. But the pop of the match is when he blocks the chair. Like, it, and to his credit, it is perfectly timed. Like, these two guys just know how to work. I mean, they have obviously fantastic chemistry. Not a hot take there. But uh, the crowd just goes electric when he blocks the chair. And so the ref recovers at this point. And right as Hogan gets the chair away, we see uh, Cowboy Bob come in for the pretty cheap DQ. So... Uh, you wouldn't expect this to be a clean finish. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think 
Hogan's obviously not losing, and I think Piper pretty much put his foot down that he wasn't going to lose ever in any of these definitively. So this is kind of the finish you get. It didn't bother me a whole lot because, you know, expectations. I'm not expecting a clean finish to this. It was just a reason for them to get this on the cart along with the tournament because uh, it, it's a huge draw. And so uh, the post-match, which is maybe uh, more important than the finish, uh, so uh, Orton and, uh, and Piper are going to go to beat down Hogan. And, uh, but, you know, Paul Orndorff comes in for the save. So really pushing along the Orndorff turn and what's going to end up being the Orndorff-Piper feud that would follow this. But uh, the match itself, it's standard stuff. Like, it is very basic brawling. And, you know, it's kind of a Hogan match. Uh, but Hogan against, I guess, a smaller guy kind of match where it's a lot of him, a lot of shine on Hogan, and then Piper doing heelish tactics to try and get an advantage. But it is elevated uh, greatly by the crowd because the crowd is just off the charts insane as they are for any match between these two and 85. So that adds a lot to it. They do have great chemistry. Like I said, I like, it, it's just a, a perfect, they're both so over and, you know, Hogan is a fantastic power baby face and Piper is a great kind of um, underhanded heel and it just works perfectly. But you could tell, I think, Maybe not necessarily by the crowd reaction, but just that this feud was sort of on its last legs. I mean, the crowd still loves it, but um, like if I would compare it to something like um, the matches I've seen between these two, like um, the match uh, from War to Sell a Score, which this crowd was great, but it's just not as nuclear. Like there's just not that same palpable energy, I think, that you saw early on there feud when it was really at its prime, like pre-Mania and going into Mania, and obviously uh, Mania 1. Uh, but I still enjoyed it a good bit. Um, you know, I would, I would give this a two and a half. It's probably, in a vacuum, a two-star match, bumped up a bit by the crowd being so good. But it's just, you know, them going and doing what I assume was probably sort of their house show deal at this point. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. Uh but yeah, this would end up being the last hurrah for this feud, I would say. I don't know. They may have fought again a couple times in 85, but pretty quickly they would be going their separate ways. And they kind of set that up here where Piper's going to pivot to face Paul Orndorff, as you can see, continue to be built here. So in 86, that's or at least early 86, that's what Piper's going to be doing after, of course, he turned on Orndorff and blamed him for the loss at, uh, I think it was Tire Knight's main event. But you know, uh, RIP to Paul Orndorff, too. We lost him. It seems recent. I guess it's almost a year at this point, but it seems very recent in my mind. So RIP, uh, Mr. Wonderful, um, one of the all-time greats. So they would go in the feud, and Hogan um, would kind of move away from Piper, too. He would kind of be um, involved, uh, as we'll get to, as we continue down this Cronoso journey. Uh, he would sort of be involved with um, the, the Piper stuff indirectly. I believe he... He was definitely in there when they set up the Mr. T stuff with Piper going into Mania 2. And so I think he would be kind of, uh, you know, involved in that. But he would go on to uh, obviously start feuding with the Heenan family in early 86, going into Mania 2 in the Bundy feud. And also um, a fun one. I don't, we, I don't know how we probably won't catch anything, but it's always cool to look back on this era because, you know, not everything is on these bigger shows and there's not a bunch of bigger shows. But I know he kind of had like a little mini feud with uh, Savage in like early 86, which is pretty cool in the house shows and stuff. So um, that's pretty cool too. But it's um, it was cool to watch this one just to see sort of 
one of the last big matches between these two um, in this amazing feud. But yeah, um, we're not quite. You got a little bit left of the wrestling classic, but uh, we've been talking about it for by the time you hear this, if you've been listening along with us, we've covered a lot of wrestling classic because there's a lot of matches on the wrestling classic, but we are almost out of that and we'll, we'll continue on the journey. But uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to this quick little few minutes of me talking about the match. If you enjoyed listening to me talk here, you can hear me right here on the North South Connection uh, Network doing the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast. Um, I'm officially into the year 2003 in the timeline. Uh, big pop a pump in Triple H. Uh, a lot of intrigue going into that. Um, Brock Lesnar is kicking some ass. He's on a hot streak as a babyface on SmackDown. Um, Kurt's the champion. We just got the debut of Team Angle. And we're heading into Rumble 2003. So right into Mania season going into what some would call the greatest Mania of all time. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, if you want to check me out there... Um, Please do. Great. And for anybody who's listening to this that already listens, thank you for listening. Um, but if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, uh, I'm always looking for guests on the show too. So if you have any interest, um, yeah, if you've never really done podcasting before, if you want to, I'm always looking for guests because I do do a rotating guest on the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast. So, you know, even if you're, you never did one regularly, you just want to hop on for an episode. One of my favorite parts of doing the show is I get to talk to so many different people about wrestling. It's like, um, it's one of the joys of doing the show. It's just getting all the different perspectives and different voices. So reach out to me on Twitter, jumbly underscore Jake, if you ever want to come on, or if you ever want to reach out to me for anything or um, see my uh, see my world scores from day to day. That's mostly what my Twitter is, uh, then the podcast. Uh, but thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Um, well, I guess I, don't, I can't remember if this is a Friday that's dropping. We'll see you next time for uh, Cronoso. Peace. <laughs>